this morning we will hear God's word and then proceed to ordain our brother, amen, into the office of a deacon. But before that, it's always important, it is biblical, to hear God's word. Tell somebody if it's time for God's word. Tell the person, open up for the word of God. Amen. This morning, I want to talk on a subject that many try to shy away from, and that is financial prosperity. Tell somebody financial prosperity. Now, Satan has managed to prepare people's minds, especially believers, to think it is wrong to prosper. Amen. To the point that there has been certain people who actually... um, try to be negative. And even though there has been abuse of things, especially finances, it is not wrong to prosper financially. Amen. And sometimes Christians have also been prepared in such a way that they think that poverty is synonymous to holiness. As if poverty is the way to heaven. Many people have also misinterpreted Jesus' teaching when he talked about the rich man that died and went to hell and the poor leper, uh, beggar that was at his gate. The rich man did not go to hell because he was rich. The rich man went to hell because he has not believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The poor beggar did not go to heaven because he was poor. He went to heaven because he has believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so it's very important that we get a paradigm shift in the thinking of the believer. Um, We have also sometimes heard people talk about prosperity gospel and say things like some people are preaching prosperity gospel. You know, as if there is a poverty gospel. As if the gospel is a poverty gospel. It is true that what people describe as prosperity gospel is that negativity of people trying to fleece people out of their money or saying to them, bring this and then God will do that, as if God is a magician. But the gospel itself is prosperity. Amen. I said the gospel is a prosperity gospel. Because if you are living a life of Suicide or drugs, life that is about to destroy you and the word of God is preached and your life is transformed from that place of suicide to a life of living, that is prosperity. Hallelujah. If people don't know the Lord Jesus Christ and they are dying and they are destroying themselves with lifestyles that are destroying them, that they are becoming abusive as husbands, alcohol is destroying them, and the word of God is preached to such people, and they accept the word of God, and they change from that way, they have moved on to prosperity. Hallelujah. So the word of God brings prosperity. Amen. And it makes it look as if God, who created this big world, and created the wealth of the world, for some reason, doesn't want it, but he left it for those who don't like God. I mean, does that make sense? The fact that some people have abused something does not mean the thing is not good. Hallelujah. After all, don't we have quack doctors? There have been quack doctors, but it has never stopped you from going to your GP. We have had news of doctors that abuse their uh, patients and abuse the trust 
But we still don't stop going to the GP. There have been pilots who have actually crashed planes because they are having their own problems and killed people, but it has not stopped any of you from flying. You haven't seen the pilot, but you have faith in him. Are you here? So the fact that something has been reported in society, anything that is good, there will be some bad knocks with it. But it doesn't mean it is bad. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes people have seen, you know, sometimes society tries to bastardize and castigate men and say that, you know, fathers are no good. That's why the society is sick in such a way that even when it's Father's Day, nobody even talks about it until the day arrives. But when it's Mother's Day, six months before the time, all the airwaves are full of that. And it's just because they're having some bad notes of fathers, but it doesn't mean that all fathers are bad. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean that husbands are bad. They are good husbands, and I believe they are in the majority. The minority are the problem. Are you here? And in the same way, there are some very bad mothers. Amen. Oh, yeah, there are mothers who have abandoned their children, they run away. <laughs> and it's been taken care of in many ways. So we don't have to conclude that all mothers are wicked. Amen. It's the same thing that sometimes we say stepmothers are all bad, but they are all not bad, isn't it? Yeah, they are not bad. They are not bad. So money is good. Tell somebody money is good. In Jesus' name. And God gives financial prosperity. It is time that the church get properly educated on this. In Jesus' name. So we don't get it wrong. You see, we have to ask our quest, ourselves the question, what is money? Money is a resource. Amen. Money is a resource. It is a reward for solving problems. Amen. Money is a reward for solving problems. The complex problems you solve, complex money you receive. Glory be to Jesus. Are you here? And I want you to know that God created money, and it is God's will that his people prosper in Jesus' name. So from today, don't let prosperity sound strange to you. You can be a very prosperous person and still serve God. The problem is when we allow the prosperity to control us instead of us controlling it. There were rich people that followed Jesus, and Jesus did not tell them to get back. In fact, the man who was available when that moment came was a rich man. The Bible says when Jesus was crucified, the state had crucified him. Nobody would like to go and trouble the state. Peter can't go and face Pontius Pilate. He can't deal with the politicians. James and John, these were fishermen. They are anointed, but they are poor financially. Ladies and gentlemen, you can be anointed when you don't have money. Things can go rough. Are you here? I've come to realize that anointing without money produces annoyance. Peter was heavily anointed. James, John, Bartholomew, Andrew, all those people were heavily anointed, but they don't have what it takes to move into a certain corridor. And when that moment came for the fulfillment of prophecy, it took someone with financial clout to get it down. When Jesus was crucified, nobody wants to go near the body. You dare not, lest you get arrested. The Bible says, and Joseph of Arimathea, a rich man. The scripture clearly put it there. A rich man. A rich man. Joseph of Arimathea, a disciple of Jesus, went to Pilate and boldly demanded for the body. And they have to give it up. There are some monies that makes way in certain corridors. 
Hallelujah. Because certain influence, politicians become afraid of you. So he was able to step in there. Where Peter can go with anointing, money went. Because the prophecy is very clear that when Jesus is crucified, he must be buried with the rich. Amen. It's there in Isaiah 53. He must be buried with the rich. He was crucified with criminals, but he will be buried with the rich. And when he came to fulfilling that path, a rich man must show up. Who is not just ordinary, but a disciple of the Lord. Not just a follower, but one who is discipled in the law. Nicodemus was rich. The Bible says that of Joseph of Arimathea, he had his own tomb. Hewn out. It is rich people who actually pay for their tomb before the time. I don't know whether you have tried to visit the cemeteries in the United Kingdom. But by reason of my role, I've been involved in burying people and getting all those things. And I've seen, you go to all those places in Bromley and all those places, you see the graves. It's been bought ahead for a family, 25,000 pounds. 25, 50, things like that. Charlie, rich people, they have prepared their thing before the time. And so the Bible says that Arimathea, uh, Joseph of Arimathea, had his tomb already prepared in a rock. And the Bible says where Jesus was buried, it was, there was a garden. You didn't realize why the Bible was being specific on all of these things. About a garden, a rock, a rich man. Because in those days, it is the rich who have a garden. Israel is desert. It's only the rich that has enough supply of water. Because water was rare. That's why they, they value the water pot. When that woman left her water pot, it was significant. Nothing matters more. I have found life in Christ. So the Bible tells us that there was a garden, and that's where Jesus was buried. A rich man made that possible. A rich man went up to Pilate and demanded for the body of Jesus. This morning, I want you to understand, money is not bad. It is the inordinate love of money that leads to evil. But when we can control it, hallelujah, amen. Then we are moving on to how God wants us to prosper. But I want you to turn your Bibles with me, first of all, to Job 36 verse 5. I want to discard this mentality of it is evil to prosper. When people prosper and they do wrong things, doesn't mean that prosperity is wrong. Amen. And when it comes to the gospel, you wonder why on ordination day I'm preaching on money. Because it takes money to push the gospel through. The anointing does one thing, money does another. When Jesus the Christ himself, he doesn't need oil to be poured on him. His name is Christ. Christ means the anointed one. The Bible says when he came, he had to borrow somebody's boat to preach. So he started off borrowing a boat. But later on, we are told that he had a treasurer. You don't hire a treasurer when you only have one pound coin. Are you here? If Jesus had a treasurer, that means that a lot of things were coming in. And in Luke chapter 8, that confirms it. The Bible says, and there were many that followed him, many women, women of substance. And they sponsored his ministry financially. May God raise economic giants in the church in the name of Jesus. So the Bible says in Job 36 verse 5 and the verse number 11, it says, Behold, God is mighty, but he despises no one. He is mighty in strength of understanding. Verse 11, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in what? Oh church, talk to me, in what? And their years in pleasures. Is this in the Bible? They shall spend their days in prosperity. 
Please come with me again. Psalm 118, verse 25. I'm settling the prosperity thing. Then we'll move on to see how, how can we be blessed financially. How do we make it? Everything we need in life. When we pray, prayer releases things. Prayer releases power. But when it comes to being blessed financially, you have to move to the next level with prayer. Amen. The Bible says in Psalm 118 verse 25, this is a prayer David prays, and this is a prayer that every Jew prays. All the Israelites pray this prayer, especially on some of those festivals. The Bible says, save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. David prayed and said, Lord, send now prosperity. Did he say send now poverty? Tell somebody, poverty must die. Poverty is not good. Have you seen how poverty can change the way your face looks? Oh, yeah. Poverty can change a lot of things about you. There are some people, they are very, very beautiful. But poverty has made them look very ugly. You change their situation a little bit, and you will see that there is beauty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Some brothers, they have despised some sisters. Until God elevated those sisters to some good job, and then they started making up and things like that. They say, Charlie, why did I miss this one? You were blind. I don't blame you. It is poverty. <laughs> poverty made all these things. But today we are crushing poverty. Tell somebody, poverty must die. In the name of Jesus. There are many things that can't be done when you don't have money. It can't be done. When you have great dreams, you can't get the dreams done unless money is around, isn't it? Yeah. Everything we are seeing in this building is money that brought it. We didn't pray and then they started flying from the skies. No, it's money. <laughs> and we enjoy it, isn't it? Are we not enjoying it? Are you not sitting on a red carpet? We've been giving you red carpet treatment every time, but you don't realize it. My problem is that some people are so used to poverty that even when you are moving on to prosperity, they still don't want to move. May the Lord help you in Jesus' name. Save now, O oh Lord. I pray, Lord, send now prosperity. Psalm 35, verse 27. Psalm 35 and the verse number 27. It says, let them shout for joy and be glad. Who favors my righteous cause? And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. Who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants? Is that in your Bible? God has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Are you a servant of the Lord? The Bible says God takes pleasure when his people prosper. God takes pleasure. So it is wrong education to think that it's wrong for you to prosper. If it's wrong for the believer to prosper, is it right for the unbeliever to prosper? Then God is not fair at all. May God deliver us from this mindset. In Jesus' name. Look at God again. Second Chronicles chapter 1. Verse 11 to 12. 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verses 11 to 12. Then God said to Solomon. Who said to Solomon? Who said to Solomon? God said. So listen to what God said. This was after he had appeared to Solomon and asked him, Solomon, ask me what you want me to give you. And Solomon said, I need wisdom to lead the people that you have asked me to become king over. Then God said to Solomon. Because this was in your heart, and you have not asked riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, 
nor have you asked long life, but you have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are now granted you. That's what you asked for. But I'm going to add some benefits to it. And I will give you riches and wealth. Who gives riches and wealth? And God was not nervous giving a man riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had who were before you, nor shall any after you have the same life. Hallelujah. God said, I will give you riches. That means that God is not worried when we become rich. That God is not nervous at all for people to be rich. Sometimes we criticize others because we haven't had it. When you get there, you may do even worse. Are you here? Glory be to Jesus. Don't be excited with poverty. Poverty is not good. There are many things you can't do when you don't have money. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 12. Ecclesiastes 7, 12 says, For wisdom is a defense, as money is also a defense. Is that in your Bible? Yeah. But the excellence of knowledge is that wisdom gives life to those who have it. But money is a defense. Tell somebody, money is a defense. Because when you have money, you can defend yourself in many ways. Amen. It delivers you from shame. Money defense. Amen. Money is a defense. Money protects. When you have money, you can get some things done. You'll be able to educate yourself. You'll be able to buy food to eat. You'll be able to live in a house. And you'll be able to live in a better house. You'll be able to have a good car. Amen. Say, oh, what is all these powerful cars? Listen, whenever you enter any vehicle, you have already put your life at risk. So when you get a good vehicle, put yourself into it. Don't just be in a container that has some wires that you will join and you just be moving. So that when there is an impact, because you can be very careful, but somebody else on the road will be careless. And when they crash into you, you should be able to survive. Amen. So when you have the means, get a good car for yourself. Praise God. This poverty mentality is what is killing people. So when somebody has a Range Rover, I said, what is this? It's all waste of money because you haven't tasted it before. Because you don't value your life. You want to sit in some tessel that has no protection, go and sit in it. When you sit in an aircraft, you have already put your life at risk. There are vehicles when you sit in and there's a big impact, at least your life gets saved. You don't sit in vehicles that has no protection. Are you here? And what are those vehicles? They are nothing. Just get good credit history. Wouldn't you be able to buy it? Ah, what is wrong with people's mindset? It's the disease. You are diseased. May the Lord help you in Jesus' name. Glory be to Jesus. We have become so used to poverty that when God is elevating us, we are resisting it. In Jesus' name. Protect yourself. Hallelujah. When you don't have and you are wearing something that has no protection, it's another thing. But when you get some good money, buy some good shoe and wear. Some good shoe that protects your feet in Jesus' name. So you don't always take it out and you are in pain. Why are you punishing yourself like that? 
Sometimes poverty will make you borrow someone's shoe and you have to force your feet into it so that you can manage to church. When you are dancing, it's a different dance. People don't know that you're actually suffering. They are copying your dance too. <laughs> poverty can make you look like bow leg, but you are not bow leg. It's just because the part of the shoe has worn so much that when you stand, you stand that way. But it's not that that is not how your feet is. May the Lord help you and deliver us from poverty in Jesus' name. The Bible says that money is a defense. Money is a defense. When you have money, you can easily get married. Amen. So that you don't celebrate another golden jubilee in a relationship. Because you have not had the money, you are unable to actually go and see the lady's parents. And it's just been going on. When are we getting married? The Lord will provide. The Lord will make a way. And then 31st night, next year, oh, this next year, by this time, we'll be married. Then the thing goes on. Another one. Before you realize, you are celebrating silver jubilees in the relationship. It's because you don't have money. And when you don't have money, you hate those who have it. This morning, may God deliver you. In Jesus' name. The Bible says money is a defense. Please, let me end my foundation of this. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and the verse number 18. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and the verse number 18. It says, and you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Throughout the scriptures I'm giving, you see that this comes from God. Amen. It's not from the devil. He created nothing. The devil created nothing. Whatever he takes to give, he borrowed it. He stole it. But God, the Bible says, it is God who gives you power. To get wealth. God is not nervous when we get wealth. Amen. And then he says, for what purpose? So that he may establish his covenant with you. Amen. So he will establish his covenant. When he says you shall live in the land and prosper in the land, he will prosper financially so that you will be able to possess the land. Otherwise, an enemy will come and take it from you. So there's a reason why God prospers us financially so that he will establish his covenant with us. Amen. Let me, let me preach. When I'm here to ordain, I will put it on. Let's get on. I feel, I feel like moving to some realms now. Praise Jesus. That you may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. God gives us power to get wealth. Amen. I say it is God's will that you get wealth. In Jesus' name, may the believer be conditioned from today to move away from satanic mindsets of poverty. Who loves poverty? When you don't have, your language is different. And instead of you to desire and wish people were, look for the means to properly get it. Say, all oh, these people with money, after all, we will all die. Yes, we will all die, but you need to enjoy here too before you die. Amen. If we were there, why haven't you taken the lead? If life is not worth living, why haven't you taken the lead? It's all because when we don't have, we just condemn things. But may God help us this morning. In Jesus' name. Praise God. I believe there are three things we can do as believers to walk into financial prosperity. There are levels of prosperity. There is prosperity in health, 
There is prosperity in many areas, but this morning my focus is on financial prosperity. Amen. God blesses financially. And I believe that the first thing that scripture tells us to do when it comes to making it financially is honest work or honest labor. Honest work or honest labor. I'm not just saying work, but it must be honest. Hallelujah. There are dishonest means of making money. When you make those monies, it doesn't last long. The Bible is very clear on that one too. Amen. There are people who go to shrines and go and get money for a season. People do all kinds of things from Sakawa to Yahoo Boys and all kinds of things. And it always does not end well. Amen. If you want to make good lasting money, not in drugs, not in wrong things. Amen. Some time ago, I was dealing with a complicated case with a, a lady. And she's been married, and then we see that the thing is running through the whole family. In that all, all the four sisters, marriage is a challenge. When they also get married, childbirth becomes a challenge. But all of them, the strange thing is that they don't have children, and, but they get pregnant. And then around the fourth and fifth month, they all miscarry. All of them. All of them. All of them. Now, as we were praying, and one of them got in touch, so we've been praying and praying and praying. And then the Lord revealed that their father's father was a very well-known gynecologist in a particular country. And when he started his practice, he did some unscrupulous things. He encouraged a lot of abortions, encouraged so many strange things, and encouraged a lot of young men to do some very silly things, and when they get the girls pregnant, he just takes them over and just aborts the babies. And it looks like that is what is causing a generational curse. So that now that it is her grandchildren's turn, they are unable to have children. Anytime they get pregnant, this happens. Now, so you see the Bible says that the Lord visits the iniquities of the fathers upon the third and fourth generation. So for, her, for his own children, it wasn't happening, but his children's children, this begins to happen. And it's there in scripture. One day Ahab killed someone, and when God sent Elijah to go and confront him because he has, the, man, the king has now arrived to possess Naboth's property, the Bible says that Elijah the prophet was sent to confront the king and said, you have murdered someone to take his property. This is wrong means of acquiring wealth. And you have also shed innocent blood. And because of that, my judgment shall be in your house. And God pronounced certain things through Elijah, the prophet. And the Bible says when Ahab walked away from Elijah, he was so sorrowful that immediately God said to Elijah, see how Ahab is looking very remorseful. I won't do what I have determined to do in his days, but I will do it in the days of his son. What has the son done? But God said, the man has shown some remorse, but it doesn't mean I forgive him. I will deal with his children. I will let his children suffer for what he has done. May the Lord deliver us in Jesus' name. So when we gain things by dishonest means, it has got repercussions. The Bible says the blessings of the Lord makes rich and he has no sorrow. When we work honestly, God will command blessing upon the work of our hands. If there's ever going to be financial wealth, there must be genuine labor. Somebody say labor. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 11. Proverbs 13, 11. The Bible says wealth Gained by dishonesty will be diminished. 
Is that in your Bible? It will be diminished. It means that it will continue to reduce until it gets finished. There are people who go to shrines and hand over one part of their body. And then somewhere in the middle of their year, they, they have to die by some death because the thing has a, a lifespan. And sometimes they give up their children so that they can be wealthy. But that leaves a permanent presence of demons into the family. And that thing will continue to take people around that age all the time. Sometimes the part of their body that they sacrifice at the altar is a place where there will be a disease in the family continuously that will cut short people all the time. So if they handed their liver, then there will always be a liver disease in the family around the same age all the time. And it's definitely going to kill the person because the spirit that is supervising that covenant will have to come and exact it because that's the covenant we made at the altar. Are you here? So a lot of means of making money, but the scripture says, wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished, but he who gathers by labor will increase. Amen. So the Bible talks about the fact that there will be wealth that will increase when we genuinely labor. May God help us to genuinely labor. May you add value to yourself to get a good job that comes with a good pay. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Because as I said earlier on, money is a reward for solving problems. If you solve complex problems, you get complex money. In Jesus' name. Sometimes that's a difference between a degree and a certificate. Amen. Praise Jesus. There are different things in life. There are different routes. There are different professions. There are so many. Anytime there is a need and you can meet the need, then the need can be met with a fee. Amen? And then you get blessed. That is why certain professions, they get a lot of money than others. It's because the kind of problems you are solving. And sometimes those are the things that I encourage the youth and say to them, don't do things that everybody is doing especially when it's all over in the market. It means that when any employer employs you, he's got so much of your type that he can offer you anything. Are you here? He has got so much, so many of you with the same thing. For example, business studies. I'm not saying business studies is not good. Are you here? I'm just giving you an example. Or something that everyone is doing. You say, oh, computer studies. There are a lot of computers now. Some years ago, that was not common. But now it has become very common. So when someone employs you in that, and you all have a first degree in that, he's just going to say, I'm going to give you 12000 a year. Take it or leave it. Because he knows that the next one is also waiting. But if there's another complex nature of the computer that demands a master's, and you come in with that, he realizes he doesn't have a lot of you, so now you call the shot. Are you here? So now you begin to say, no, you can't give me 12000 a year. You're going to give me 72000 a year. Amen. Praise the Lord. So that's why doctors earn a lot of money. Because they are serving everybody. The person who will decide your salary, you can even save the person's life or not. So you have to think twice. You, you solve complex problems. And so you get complex money. Amen. May the Lord help you to solve complex problems. In Jesus' name. And indeed, some complex problems doesn't need to be solved by a degree. There are some skills that are not necessarily needed. A degree is needed for it. But so long as you are skillful, it also solves a problem. Amen. Yeah. There is a, but of course, you can upgrade yourself in many ways. I mean, plumbing is one area. 
Let them say they won't give you. They are house full very soon. Things are choked. Things are not moving. Everything you can think about is not moving. They will call for your help. <laughs> and when you move into that, look for more possibilities of rising to the next level. Because you don't limit yourself at that place. You move on and see, even if it's plumbing, what is the highest level of education I can receive in this area? Because even down the street, at a point, we need a plumber. When you're a hairdresser, even if you cut hair, you're a barber. Think about it. Advance yourself. Amen. Because the prime minister needs his haircut too. All the rich people need their haircut. Except some professors that we knew who just don't want to do it. They want to look strange so people will know that they are professors. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can handle the prime minister's hair. <laughs> and your salary will be different. Amen. It's the way you handle it that opens doors in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. So don't look down on yourself based on the job you do. Build the skill in it and raise your game and your client's level will change. When you do something very good and people patronize it, then it moves to the next level. And they will recommend others. Because everyone you see will need whatever you are talking about, even if it's barbers. It's like all of those people, they, they cut their hair. So it's your clients, that is the key. May the Lord help us to be strategic in the way we organize our honest work and our honest labor in the name of Jesus. Something little you are looking down upon is what somebody needs. Just package it well and present it. It will open financial doors. People will be willing to pay for whatever good service you render. Whatever it is. Everybody sitting here has, has done something to present themselves this morning and whatever they have done involves some money. From makeup to whatever. If you are doing makeup, do it very well. Amen. And brothers and sisters, when people do some business in church and you pat on them, pay, pay, pay for it, pay for it and bless them. Amen. Yeah. It's not enough to say the Lord bless you, brother. The Lord bless you. Yes, we know the blessings of the Lord, but if you have to pay, please pay. They are hiring places. They are buying the things that they use to do the thing for you. So you too, pay. Tell somebody, pay for the thing. Help a brother prosper. In Jesus' name. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 23. In all labor there is profit, but idle chatter leads to poverty. In all labor there is profit. In all labor. If we labor honestly, there will be profit. In Jesus' name. I came to encourage everybody in church, do something. Some of you set up some businesses. Amen. And run it. It opens doors. If the gospel will go far, it also needs financial backers. Praise Jesus. This place is not free. We hire it. Everything we do to run the ministry, it's money. And it's there in scripture. Jesus had to do things like that. One day, so many people gathered, they were hungry for three days. He asked the disciples to feed them. They said, we don't have enough in the cafe. So ministry demands finances. We can't do the master's will without finances. If you go into any village or any city to plant the church, you will still need a place to hire, to use. And it comes down to money. There are people in other religions, they sponsor their own. 
May we have people sponsoring ministry in the name of Jesus. But the people of God must be prepared in their mind that they need to work hard to make money. And God will bless the work of your hands in Jesus' name. So that our giving will move to another level. Praise God. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6, it says, go to the ant, you lazy person. See, God abhors laziness to the point that he says, go and learn something from the ant. Every animal he created, there is a lesson to learn from them. Some years ago, I preached a message on kingdom zoology. And we look at all the animals and their significance as to what God wants us to learn from them. But the ant, the Bible says, go to him and be wise. Who didn't have any overseer, no captain, no presiding bishop, no pastor, no ruler, no leader, provides her supplies in the summer. Even ant knows that it is summer. And they go out to go and get all their food and put it underground. So that when winter comes, they can move publicly outside there during winter. Because of the way their body is constructed. So they stay underground during winter. And they enjoy what they gathered in summer. Wisdom. But they work for it. The Bible says that we should even go to the ant. And we will learn lessons that it takes honest labor to create some wealth. Amen. It says he provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber. So shall your, a, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall your poverty come on like an armed robber and your knee like the way an armed robber will come. Armed robbers come unannounced. Amen. It's only the daring ones who will tell you today we are coming to your house and they know they have got enough ammunition to come. They don't fear the police because probably maybe they have bought them. Not in this country anyway, but in some parts of the world. <laughs> they can be very bold and tell you we will come. And surely they will arrive. <laughs> and when they come, <laughs> the police too is afraid to come. You call the police, it's just an exercise in futility. You just need the angels of God to help you. But the Bible says, your poverty will come when you are lazy to work. But that means that if we work, and we work honestly, we will prosper. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 19 to 20, is a very interesting scripture. That's why I said, you work honestly. You work honestly. Now that means that you, you don't do shady things. Now this scripture is very interesting. Verse, Proverbs, uh, Deuteronomy 23, 19. It says that when you even lend money, to a Christian or a child of God or a people of God, you must not charge interest on it. Look, it's there in your Bible. You shall not charge interest to your brother. Father, oh, King James says, you shall not charge interest to the people of God. Amen. And it says, interest on money or food or anything that is lent out as interest. Look at the next verse. To a foreigner, you may do so. You may charge them interest. But to your brother, you shall not charge interest. So that, is that in your Bible? So that the Lord will do what? The Lord will bless you. The Lord your God may bless you in all which you set your hand to do. Amen. May you do honest business. In Jesus' name. 
and do honest business with church people in the mighty name of Jesus. That's a very serious scripture, isn't it? Okay, let's move on to the second reason, the second thing we can do for financial prosperity. And the first one is honest labor. Honest labor. Work honestly. God blesses in Jesus' name. Steady, honestly. Add value to yourself. What does it mean to move on to the next level? Do all of those things. What are the things you need to study so that you can move your business properly in the city where you are, in the community where you are? What are the feasibility studies? Pay the price. Do all these things and run a very good business so that you can walk in financial prosperity. Amen. The next one is seed sowing. Tell somebody seed sowing. Now we are moving to the realms of faith. Let me announce to you, see, most of the time we believe, we, we like to pray. We pray and it's powerful. Prayer is good. But let me tell you, prayer releases spiritual power and anointing. But when it comes to financial power, it is giving. From the scriptures, it is giving that opens financial doors. It is giving. It is giving. It is giving. As I've always said, whenever we don't like giving, we start dying. Because just like the way God has made us, you realize that you can't take in the next breath of oxygen until you release the breath that is in you. If you take it in and you hold it there, I give you five minutes, we'll be dealing with another matter here. We'll call emergency services. Things may be going differently. If you try to keep it in, you must let it out. Then you begin to receive. That's how God has made it. For you to continue to live, you must learn to give. Praise Jesus. And the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11 and the verse number 24 to 25, it says, there is one who scatters, that means gives out, and yet increases more. Have you seen it? There is one, there is somebody who is always giving when the Bible says scatters. He gives out and yet increases the more. So when it comes to financial prosperity, we can pray. But I tell you, to move to that realm of really working in financial blessings, you must learn to give financially. Amen. That's, that's the difference. We will pray, power will come, but money is released when we give. These are the laws God has set in motion. And when you study the scriptures, he said, somebody gives and yet increases more. Doesn't that make sense? Because under normal circumstances, when you are giving, one would have thought that you should be decreasing. Because of what you are having. But when you give, spiritually, God has a way of organizing things in such a way that when you give, you rather continue to break through, to continue to increase. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. Is that in your Bible? Please, this morning, we are looking at the scriptures. It says there is one who withholds more than is necessary. You have, but you are not giving. You are locking your financial doors. And the Bible says it finally leads to poverty. The general soul will be made rich. Is that in your Bible? And he who waters others will also be watered himself. These are spiritual laws that God has worked into creation. When we walk in them and apply them, we begin to see certain changes in our lives. There are certain countries that continue to be blessed financially. And there are others too, you see that their poverty mindset and holding on mindset has always continued to be 
to lead to more poverty. Sometimes when there's a disaster in another part of the world, you see countries like the United Kingdom, United States, people there coming together and say, let's get some money. Companies are, let's everybody give something, give something, give something. They put things down. People, let's go and support the tsunami victims. I don't see African countries doing that. And yet these countries in the West continue to be blessed financially. People give. And yet you go back there and realize the same thing. They are holding on and it is not leading to prosperity. If you walk by faith in God's word, the key is to be a giver in the name of Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 9. Second Corinthians chapter 9. That's the second scripture to give to you this morning. But I say this to you. He that sows sparingly, you are sparing the thing. You don't want to release all. You're holding it back. Will also reap sparing. This is New Testament. If you sow little, you will reap little. When it came to giving, the word that was used there was sowing. That means planting, as if you have a seed. Your offering is a seed. Amen. The things you have, whenever you give, especially to the things of God, it is a seed that you are sowing. And any one of you who have looked at anything that has been planted, you just need one seed to put into the ground. And when you put that one seed to the ground, after some time, it yields a tall tree. Amen. Have you seen a seed go to the ground and what came up was that one seed? No. It's a whole different thing comes up. A whole tree comes up. And on that tree, there are fruits. And in those fruits, there are multiple seeds. Not one seed, multiple seeds. This is the mystery of getting back when we sow to God and to the lives of people. These are spiritual things. When we are people of faith, we walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. And so you will see the blessing that comes from one seed. It ends up with a whole big tree. The tree itself is not what you sowed, but the tree can also become a shade for you to sit under. So many things can be a blessing from that. And then you will see multiple seeds. I have never seen anybody plant one corn and reap only one seed of the grain. You see a lot come on the cob. This is the mystery of giving as the scripture. That's why the Bible uses the word sow. Amen. If you understand it, whenever you must give in the house of God, you don't complain. Because you walk by faith. And when we give, I came to announce to you, it doesn't only affect you. It affects everyone around you. And generations even yet unborn. And may we move to that level of understanding this scripture. We all love the Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. Where it says, my God shall supply all your need. But you need to start reading from verse 11. People sowed into the life of Paul. Then he looked at that and said, now my God shall supply your needs. It's not because I want a gift, but because I understand spiritual things that you have actually made a dangerous move that will compel God to move. Hallelujah. God responds to sacrifice in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I said God responds to sacrifice. When he knew that he wanted to reap the whole world, he gave his only son, sold him as a seed. He dies on the cross. And as he rose, billions of people was God's target. But you can't sow billions to get billions. He sowed one seed and he's reaping a lot. Amen. When we want more, we sow more. That's what scripture says. 
and we sow by faith in the mighty name of Jesus. And when we give, one of the mistakes of believers is because when you give, you just throw it there. And because you are not walking by faith, properly knowing how to handle this, you go about complaining, but then you lose access. When you give, you must continue to make a claim spiritually over the giving. When Abraham gave, the Bible says he sacrificed the animals. He watched to, to scare off every bird that wants to come for the sacrifice. When we give, Satan will love to touch it. You must learn to pray over it. Cover it in prayer. And continue. Don't only leave church because we prayed over the offering. When we pray over the offering, it's no longer yours. Are you here? So you don't walk with, it's our money. If you keep on talking like that, by reason of the spiritual, you still have your money. It's still your money. But when you give it as an offering, then you can lay claim because the offering dies at the altar. Are you here? When you make contribution, then you are, make, you are looking at the offering as a contribution. In that case, there's no blessing. Are you here this morning? So when we sow, the Bible says, you will reap bountifully. Verse 7, let me conclude this. So let each one of you, is that in your Bible? Every one of you, as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly, nor of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Is that in your Bible? And God, see, you can't start a sentence with end. That means it's a continuation of something. It's a consequence of the verses before. He says, when you have given cheerfully and purposefully, God is able to make all grace abound. The grace of God is the unmerited favor of God. It's a unique anointing placed upon an individual, a group of people, a family that suddenly opens doors and things that are naturally not possible becomes possible. And so the Bible says that, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that you, the one who gave, will always have all sufficiency in all things. You may have an abundance for every good work. How do we get abundance? When we sow. Amen. When we sow, what we have sown. One day Jesus went to church and he was sitting there watching the offering of people. He's interested in the offering. And that's where we learned about the woman that gave her all, her much, her all, her little money. But it is not because God is not blessing her because the money was little. God blessed her because she gave her all. What it is was her all. The point is what you are giving is that your all by faith. Amen. And so when we want to walk in financial wealth, and I know certain people that walk in financial wealth because they give and they honor in the mighty name of Jesus. There's a church now there. They are doing great. Their leaders are now giving offerings of lands and buildings to the church. That is where the challenge is now. Amen. Recently I was showing one of the deeds. The, the, the man has bought a land, built a 2,000-seater ultra-modding auditorium on it, and built the district pastor's residence and handed it over as offering to church. Still, his tithe and offering is coming. And his business moves through some realms that people don't understand. It doesn't matter which government is in power. His business is sponsored. He's, he's always giving contracts. May we learn to give in Jesus' name. There is he that holds on and still comes to poverty. There is he that gives and increases the more. These are biblical principles. It is true some people will abuse your thing, but I want you to understand it is God you gave it to. 
See, many people have had their prayers blocked. I'm not going to give it to a pastor. You know, you are making a mistake. You give. Let the pastor abuse it. God will deal with him. But for you, you can claim your blessing. Be wise in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. But in the scriptures, these are ways of actually walking in financial blessings. When you learn to sow by faith. And in the Bible, when I was talking about the, that church and what is going on there. And another church in Nigeria, is, they are doing the same thing in terms of giving lands. And I say, it's biblical, it's New Testament giving. The giving in the New Testament, the Bible says, and Joseph, who was called Barnabas, he gave land. Amen. Their offerings were land. Land and property. And God blesses them. This morning, I came to challenge you to understand that prosperity comes through giving. In Jesus' name. There are families that gave their lands away to some of those early missionaries for church buildings and things like that. And in that bloodline, there are blessings. Sometimes the people in the village didn't understand spiritual things. If it's God, please have it. If it's for the things of God, just have this land. And we've had that experience in some of the places where we have our churches. And you, you look and say, what is he talking about? But then you understand that there are spiritual principles that work. In Jesus' name. There are some mainline churches, like the Catholic Church and the Presbyterian Church and the Anglican Church in Accra. The lands on which they, I have seen my great-grandfather's will for the bloodline, he gave them out to them. It's no wonder that one of his descendants have become a bishop. But they gave these things. And we look at it, you know, they didn't buy it. He just gave it. He said, if it's for the work of God, please have it. And there's a certain level of blessing in that bloodline. And we can trace it to those things. In Jesus' name. Finally, honor your parents. It opens financial blessings. In Jesus' name. Honor your parents. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2 to 3. Honor your parents. Listen, if, if any of your parents is alive, thank God, honor them before they go. In Jesus' name. Take advantage of the time now and bless them. Sometimes you never know what you have until you lose it. But parents have a prophetic role. They don't need to be pastors. They don't need to be born again. But their utterances as a way of bringing blessings. That's why the enemy sometimes has a way of setting us up against them. Control yourself. Resist the devil. Be wise and follow scripture. Of all the ten commandments God gave, only one of them. Is the one that has a promise to it. The rest all do this and do that and do that. But when it came to parents, God himself said, Honor your father and mother. He didn't say so long as they are born again. So long as they, they are not drunk. No. He says, Honor father and mother. Which is the first commandment with promise. That, this is the consequence. So that, you, it may be well with you. Amen. It may be well financially. It may be well. And it, uh, listen, they don't need to be born again. When they utter a word, they, by being a parent, they, they have a certain prophetic role in your life. Their utterances bless and their utterances can curse. Amen. It, it is given to them by God. And when the scripture teaches us, we observe that. Whenever I give what I must give, to my mother, monthly. She will take the phone and say, the Lord bless you. 
wherever you got it from, may God let it. And I say, amen. I don't say I'm bishop. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just say, amen. I continue to say the amen. I want to receive it. Because these are utterances that have got consequences in the future. In the name of Jesus. So into their lives, it changes the game. And try to hear their blessing in Jesus' name. When you have lost both of them, may God position you in the right place. And look for somebody and bless in Jesus' name. And receive blessings. Blessings uttered carries power. Last week I shared with you how the Bible says that Esau cried to his father. And the Bible says because the father said, bring me this venison. When they brought it, the man pronounced a blessing. And when Esau came, he said, Jacob had taken your blessing already. He said, but daddy, you are here. I mean, pronounce, he said, no, no, I've made him your head. How? How do you make him my head? You didn't sign anything. He said, no, the words I uttered, they carry so much power. It has got consequences into the future. Amen. It's got consequences into the future. So, one of the ways to also walk in financial prosperity is learn to give to your parents. Amen. Honor them. It opens doors. And when you give to your parents, stand on the word of God and say, Father, I have honored your word. Your word says, when I honor mother and father, my days will be long. Let my days be long. Father, as I honor my mother, I pray, let it be well with me. Let it be well with me financially. Let it be well. You have to claim these things in the name of Jesus. And when they speak life over your life, even after they have gone, lay claim to those declarations. Satan recognizes it. Satan knows it. In Jesus' name, may the Lord help us in the mighty name of Jesus. Position yourself properly as a child of God and let us break through so that at least our main purpose of breaking through will also be to sponsor the work of God. Ladies and gentlemen, we carry a strong message in this house. We carry a good word in this house. We carry what it takes to transform lives of people. We also need financial backing. In Jesus' name, I can teach you many things, but I want you to know these three things, they are key to breakthrough financially. May you prosper financially. May you not lack in Jesus' name. May you not be mocked at in Jesus' name. May your desires and your dreams not fail because you have lacked anything. May the Lord himself bless you and prosper you in Jesus' name. May there be believers that God raises out of this house that carries enormous financial power, that they understand why God has blessed them in the name of Jesus. And as you push the kingdom, it is a very major investment. One of those men who was giving to their church like that and giving land and things, and they asked him, so why are you doing these things? He said, I'm making God a shareholder of what I'm doing. I've invested in God. And David did the same thing. When Arona wanted to sell the land to him, the place where the temple is, where the temple was built, when David arrived, he said, I want it. The man said, if this is what you want to do, have it. David said, no, 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 you can't cheat me out of this. I will not give anything to God that cost me nothing. I want to buy it for myself and obtain a blessing from my flood land. And by the time of David's, the end of David's line, he said, I, God has blessed me and I've made wealth in abundance. And Solomon, you don't have to worry because everything you need for the temple, I have laid it down for you. Praise God. He has gold in abundance, timber in abundance. Everything needed for the temple, God made it for David to walk in it. And no wonder his son walked in it. May God visit us. May our perspectives of financial wealth change from today. May it move from from that level of shallow thinking to positive mindset. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.